From the city of Beaky Blinders, Birmingham, England, I would like to introduce you to Paddy Dandar. As the world becomes more automated and the robots take over, it's imperative that we build the right human skills for the future. So pull up a chair, grab a smoser or two, and make yourself very uncomfortable. Hey folks, thank you for joining us for another episode of Superpower School Podcast. And in today's episode, I have a good friend that's joined us, someone who I met over LinkedIn throughout the days of COVID. So it's been phenomenal being able to meet so many people from around the world, virtually at least. Maybe one day we'll get to meet face to face. And this is someone who has a real passion for coaching and especially Agile Coaching, an Agile Coach at the Lego Group. So uh, one of my favorite products, those of you that know me will know I often use Lego in nearly everything I do when it comes to work as well as at home with the kids. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce uh, Carsten Lutzen. Hey Carsten, how are you doing? Hello, quite good actually. Yeah, really looking forward to this. And Carsten, I've really been blown away by some of your videos. You do a lot of work on YouTube and uh, share lots of insights on YouTube. So it's great to see those videos. And uh, I just want to thank you for sharing that knowledge. It's very kind of you to spend the time and actually record those insights. For I, uh, of course, also have an ulterior motive, right? The supervillain that I am. Um, mm -hmm. I use it also to pace myself to learn new stuff, right? And then I've gotten so much awesome things from other people. So I was just like, of course, I will share whatever I can, hopefully to inspire people as well, uh, even though it sounds a bit uh, highborn or whatever we call it. But in reality, it's just uh, giving back is, uh, is awesome. And then, as you also say, right, you meet, then you meet even more people that are awesome and then you get even more input. So it's kind of a really positive uh, feedback cycle. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. If I'm honest with you, that's kind of my secret motive with this podcast as well. Often yep. I, I don't read as much as I should. And I often will have sort of authors on this show and it's a great way for me to learn a little bit about what they do as well. So yeah, yep. I think you and I are in the same boat on that one. Yep. Sure. Okay. So Carsten, it'd be great to hear a little bit about your background uh, and your journey. How did you get to where you are today? So uh, if we go all the way back, right, I was born in uh, 1988 and, oh, okay, let's maybe fast forward just slightly. <laughs> um, honestly, I finished uh, high school and was unsure whether I should study history at university or some IT related stuff. I was not sure I could sit still, but after a couple of years of freelance uh, of work, I ended up actually studying computer science, but always had that little itch, that little love for processes and how do we get teams to work better. So it just came kind of naturally to flow into scrum mastering, agile coaching, and then uh, using that to help people uh, and teams in how they work and how do we make sure that we can bring our entire, our entire self to, uh, to work. So that has kind of been my, my journey in the last seven years, actually more or less since I finished uh, university has been at the Lego group, being able to try out a lot of different uh, things, which has been quite nice. Ah, awesome. And a lot of people will be thinking, what is it like working for such a well-known brand? Is it as playful and joyful as it looks like on the outside? Yes, it, I absolutely love it. So one of, 
there is a, the, something called the Lego brand framework with uh, a mission and a spirit and some core values and stuff like that. But it's actually, it's not just a pretty PowerPoint. I actually believe that we, we live by these values with uh, caring and fun and creativity and quality and learning. So I absolutely love how, um, how I'm able to pick my own tasks and help people and flow around in the company. And I see a lot of people doing the same, right? Wherever um, my skill set is needed or wherever I find energy, I have a good chance of actually being able to go there and help and impact that part of, of the Lego group. So it's an awesome place, to be honest. Do, do you get to play with Lego at work? There is not a lack of Lego bricks, for sure. <laughs> I've just got this picture in my mind of the offices almost being... Having walls of Lego, I'm pretty sure that's not the case, but in my mind, I'm thinking it's, it, it sounds like it would be like the whole office would be made out of these bits. Uh, there is a new headquarters in Billund called the Lego Campus, which is a quite amazing building. And there you have a lot of Lego decorations and you're more than welcome. So there is an area called Deep Sea, for instance, where you have uh, octopuses built out of Lego and you can just, if you want, uh, build build on those models, right, and add your own little twist to it and then see if somebody uh, breaks it apart or builds something else. And so it is really awesome. Oh, wow. Yeah. Fantastic. So, Carsten, on this particular episode, I'd love to know which superpower you'd like to bring. Yes. And I, w I was a bit unsure which to bring, but maybe one of the ones that I always fall back to, and that's simply fun. And a, a tiny word, right? But with so many different ways uh, to use it in so many different contexts. Yeah, fun. Fun is my middle name. Absolutely. I think, and, and obviously coming from Lego, how would you not have fun? So tell me more about fun. How does it help you? How do you use it? I think it's maybe easier to say when I'm not using it, which is probably never. I, I have the bit of the notion, right? I work for a, a big toy company. And if, if we cannot have fun, then... Who should, uh, who would be able to do that? So I spent quite a lot of time figuring out how can I be just a bit more playful or fun in the facilitation I do, or how can we make sure that our meetings are just 5% more fun each time without, of course, um, they shouldn't lose what they were set out to, to achieve, right? But still, how can we make this just a bit more enjoyable? And how can we make sure that when people show up to work, that they actually feel that their work is fun and rewarding and not just something you do to, uh, to get a paycheck at the end of the month. Uh, or if you have conflicts in a team, how can we find a good way to resolve this so we can get back to actually having fun again? So quite a lot of my everyday uh, is it revolving around fun. And do you ever find any people that don't value that approach? Do you get any resistance from anyone? Not per se, but... Of course, you need to be aware of when are you telling a joke and what joke are you telling. So you need to be quite context aware of uh, of uh, of the audience uh, and also the situations. There are unfortunately situations right where a dad joke is not appropriate or where it's not appropriate to make a, a silly comment. Uh, so being aware of that that is quite important. But but well timed and a, a, a nice little. Uh, a comeback or a nice little comment can often uh, change the entire dynamic in a meeting and defuse quite a lot of tension in a good way. Yeah, no, absolutely. I can only remember one time where I had an individual who didn't appreciate 
fun. You know, I have to say, majority yeah. of cases, it's always been received really positive. It was actually when I was working for a, a bank and I went out to New York to train a, a cohort in Agile and I turned up with my Lego box mm. because I was going to do a big Lego activity at the end. And this one guy stood up right at the start and he said, if I'd known I was coming to this course and you were going to play with Lego, he goes, I would never have come. He said, I thought I was coming to a serious training course. And I was just blown away by that. I thought, wow. And it's, no then it's an uphill battle, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this guy was so negative throughout the whole day. But the funny thing is, and this is the fun element and, and how fun can really change things. As soon as we started the playful activity, he's probably the most engaged out of any, anybody in the group. He was so immersed into the experience. Yeah. I was actually fighting him to get him off the Lego at the end and trying to say, look, we're done now. The time's up. And he's like, no, I need more time. <laughs> so yeah, just goes to show how creating that environment can perhaps bring out, you know, that something within somebody that they didn't think was there. Yeah. So how have you brought fun into your sessions? In in many different ways. So one of them is always, uh, I, I really found of uh, the Danish, uh, Danish saying, uh, which is uh, at the end of the party, you serve, like in the middle of the night, you serve hot dogs or lasagna in Denmark, and then people are expected to go home. I use the same concept just with really bad jokes at the end of meetings. So I tell really bad jokes until people sign off. For instance, in some of the teams I'm helping, we are ending our daily stand-up with a dad joke. And some of some people will be like, oh my God, that was stupid. But then they will still smile, right, when they sign off and some people will be laughing and it's just a nice way of, of ending meetings. Or if there is this little silence or this awkward break in a meeting, then just like ask, uh, what do you call something, right? And then there is a stupid answer to it and people just like, no. And, and then... We are ready to to continue. So that's one of the ways. And then another way of also using fun is in the storytelling. Everything doesn't need to be jokes, right? But you can still make a lot of storytelling when you facilitate. So if we are going to figure out what can be leading indicators and lagging indicators, so positive, negative things, so to say, right? Those with the positive call them dreamers. You are here to dream up everything and the the ones uh, defining the things that are negative, right? The, those are the killers that just want to make sure that this doesn't happen. And then if you are together in a room, right, then find some some music that can, uh, in theory, be a dreamers by Ozzy Osbourne or killing in the name of and, and everything themed around that. And it's just these little small tweaks can actually do quite a big difference. And then to your point with uh, people being like, the, I, I, I didn't sign up for that. I'm always questioning myself, is this maybe a bit too much or are people going to play along with the uh, foam swords and the uh, pillows, right? Or are they just going to say, nah, but so far people are like, just like, oh, this is actually a nice break from the usual things, right? So of course I will participate in it. Got it. And do you have any particular icebreakers or energizers that are your favorite to instill some of that fun into the sessions? I think I have many. So one of them is just uh, asking if people have a dad joke. Another one is also quite fitting for this, right? With superpower. So uh, I know that this team, you are in fact superheroes, right? And I'm really curious. So if uh, if you feel safe, please share what is your super superhero, Alta Ika. What's your name? What is your superpower? And, and what is your kryptonite? And I all 
often call myself a dad joke, a retro man or something like that and uh, draw myself a rather silly and my kryptonite is cake because if you serve me a piece of cake, I'm probably uh, easy to persuade to do anything. And and just getting that is, a, is also a nice, a fun way because people will start to share other uh, strange or fun things about themselves and how they see the team, which is quite nice. Oh, fantastic. Yeah, I like that. That's a, that's a great one. Where, especially when the facilitator, you know, they join in. I, I think sometimes people are a little bit resistant if the facilitator is expecting you to do things that they're not prepared to do. Yeah. Do you find that? And just standing on the sideline laughing. They <laughs> actually did it. <laughs> and where, where do you get your inspiration for bringing some of these fun elements in? Quite a lot of different sources, to be honest. We have... Uh, really awesome agile community at the Lego group where you, where I find quite a lot of inspiration. We have a monthly meeting where we take turns, uh, making an icebreaker. So there's always some quite nice ideas to fetch from that group, but also with uh, retromat.org uh, is an, a brilliant exercise and then taking uh, inspiration from uh, LinkedIn as well, and then make it your own, right? Figure out. So how will I tell this? How will I uh, ask these questions? Yeah. And do you have kids? Yes. Yeah, because I usually find they're a good source for some of these sort of activities sometimes. To be honest, I think they sometimes find me a bit too silly. So no, I think maybe more the other way around, right? <laughs> got it, got it. Yeah, I, I do find my son now who, he's, he just turned 10 and he does now feel like his dad is a bit crazy. So he, he tends to ignore me a little bit more now, but <laughs> hey, that's that's life, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and so bringing fun into a session, are there examples of where you feel it's not uh, a good idea? If we have a, a really heated discussion, for instance, or if we have two people that have some kind of maybe personal disagreement, right, where they're not talking to each other, then maybe starting with a knock-knock joke is not the best way. Uh, again, being context-aware, right? Uh, um, so... I think that's some of the cases, but sometimes, to be honest, I've, I'm also experimenting with if people don't get along right, starting with a joke to try to diffuse it. And if they're just like, duh, then backpedaling and then, okay, so how can we get this uh, situation resolved? Right? Yeah, no, I see that definitely, especially when people are really emotionally charged and they feel passionately about something, then it's really tough to get them to calm down and actually look at things with a clear lens. And so I think, yes, fun can sometimes help. Yes, and, and humor can, and fun can help with that, right? So if we can get them to laugh in some way or another, uh, then we are probably a big step closer to getting that situation diffused and being able to yeah. move on or whatever the situation was. And so I, I don't know about you, Carsten, but when I so started my career, I was very serious at work. I I worked for a few big corporates and everything that I believed at the time was all about you turn up to work in a shirt and tie or a suit and uh, tie. And it was always very serious. And in my later years now, I've, I've probably gone to the opposite extreme where I find, oh my God, how could I ever do that? Why would I do that? You need fun. So... What was a trigger point for you 
where you realize that actually this fun stuff is actually really good and really impactful. To be honest, I've only been places that had a rather fun atmosphere. So after high school, I joined as a junior developer at a uh, newspaper agent, uh, newspaper and a classified ad page. And it was all, it was quite young people. We were quite young, all of us, and we had a lot of fun and management was also, uh, they, they were capable of telling a good joke. So it was never that serious. And that was just like awesome. And that also carried on when, when I then got into the Lego group. So I've, I've never really had to, to wear a shirt and tie and be very all serious about it. I've always been that little uh, weird one uh, going around telling a joke because everybody uh, thought it was okay and didn't frown upon it. Got it. Got it. Wow, you're so lucky. Because <laughs> I can only think of some examples where it was looked down upon for somebody to start to crack jokes or even try and instill that sense of fun and humor into a session. At the former place I was, we were elves for each other at, around Christmas time, Secret Santa's, right? And uh, the guy I was uh, trolling, you would probably say nowadays, right? I wrapped his uh, table and keyboard and mouse in 100 meters of a uh, Vita wrap, this uh, see-through plastic you use in a kitchen. And at one point, my boss's boss or something like that walks in and he's like, what are you doing? Oh, we secret Santas. And then he just said, okay, and left again. I was just like, okay, that's actually quite fun that he didn't find it at all suspicious that I'm currently uh, wrapping 100 meters of uh, clear uh, plastic uh, around the table. But uh, apparently not. Well, so when it comes to virtually versus face-to-face, -face. would you say there's a, a different approach that's needed or can you pretty much use the same activities, exercises to instill fun in both environments? A different approach is needed, but there's also things you can only do when people are online. I attended a workshop mid-pandemic and it was the best exercise, best it was a long workshop. I, I did not take part in the planning, I was just a participant. And then at one point, they say, so does everybody have egg, flour, milk? Yes. Okay. Now you have 20 minutes. Go make a pancake and then we continue. And then everybody went and make a pancake and, and showed the pancake to the camera when they got back, right? So it was like we had a screen break. It was fun because it was completely unexpected. And we had some sugar afternoon cake, right, to give us some energy for the final stretch. It's just like, oh my God, that's brilliant. Why didn't I think of that? So I, of course, also tried it out and people were just like, are you serious? Are we going to make an actual pancake? Yes. Go into your kitchen and make a pancake. Uh, you, you can't do that when people are in the office, right? But on the other hand, it's also difficult to see if people are zoning out and checking mails or are not connecting. You cannot read body language to the same extent as when you're facilitating face-to-face. -face. I think both, both have a, its upside. And online, there are other upsides than being able to make pancakes, of course. Wow, I love that. That's fantastic. I'm trying to think, would I be brave enough to uh, get people to cook? I'm the worst cook in the world, so I'd probably be hopeless at that particular activity. You saw people returning with uh, pre-made waffles and everything, but then again, people had something sweet, right? And then they were ready to to continue. It, it just checked all the right boxes for me. Uh, you, or you could do treasure hunts, right? So uh, go find a, a pillow or uh, a shampoo bottle or whatever. And then people run around their houses trying to find these common houses household items. So that's also quite nice. Thank you so much for sharing that. 
uh, Carsten, that's been fantastic. Uh, lots there to think about. And yeah, I'd encourage everybody, if you're facilitating any kind of meeting, provided it has the right sort of impact. Yeah, and the audience. Yeah, just make sure there's no no one in there who doesn't like to play with Lego. Otherwise, you might struggle. <laughs> so uh, yeah, definitely give it a go. And actually, I've got, I had one final question on that. If somebody wasn't as confident as obviously you are, because you've grown up with this approach, how might they start? So if they're thinking about bringing an element of fun into a session, is there any tips for them? Really try to start small. So if you're using PowerPoints, right, try to put in a silly little illustration somewhere just to see if people spot it and. Maybe they will sit and giggle by themselves or some kind of internal joke. Um, you can use that's that works wonders or troll people. So if, if you're doing a presentation, then on the first slide, just like write slide one out of 152 slides and see people's reaction. Just these small things can change the dynamic quite a lot. You do not need to be a stand up comedian and uh, crack that jokes left and right. You can definitely do that, and I encourage you to do it. But just these small things, small little nuggets. So when, if people are bored, they will start to scan the page, right? And then, oh no, 152 pages or, or other small hidden things can lighten up a, a lot for participants as well. Oh, what a great tip. I love that. I'm going to use that one, I think. I'm going to steal it with pride from you, Carsten, that one with the with the slides, so that, I, that's a great one. I could just share one quick anecdote about that. So we had a big offsite for a couple of hundred people where we had, um, we had made a slideshow which said like slide one out of 150 something. And we just made an agenda with all the topics people did not want to hear about. So time registration, is it really that bad? And how, and a, a big scaling framework also mentioned how do we introduce this and, and all the things that people didn't want to hear about. And then uh, and, and KPIs and, and all these buzzwords people would that would kill people. And then uh, two or three slides into the presentation, uh, some actors would come in and start a murder mystery instead with people, which was just hilarious to see how people reacted to that because they were literally ready to just lay down and die if they were to survive uh, three hours of a uh, PowerPoint. And then in reality, it ended up as a as an awesome thing where they had to solve a who shot who and similar stuff. What a great way to run a session. That That's fantastic. Um, trying to see how you would mimic that remotely. That might be quite tough. Yes. It's difficult yeah. to have a, a police officer, uh, uh, like really just uh, violently opening the doors, running in and, and yelling he has been shot <laughs> online. <laughs> Absolutely. Oh, well, thank you for that. <laughs>